Hey everyone, and welcome to our Local Leaders podcast series, where we speak to community leaders and culture-first organizations on what makes their workplaces so innovative, engaging, and diverse. My guest today is none other than Candace Hayden, owner and operator of Movi, a yoga and dance studio, and Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award winner. Movi offers diversity in all aspects, with deep-rooted core values of inclusivity, compassion, and community. Movi is a specialized movement studio designed to encourage a safe, effective, and ever-changing movement routine. Get sweaty and chill out all in the same space. Thank you so much for joining me today, Candice, and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you for having me. Um, This is my first podcast. We were just kind of chatting about that. Um, I have a bunch of hobbies, but most of them include movement. Um, I love to read. I love um, just learning more about movement and anatomy, stuff like that. Um, but hobbies of mine are yoga and um, we're actually a fitness studio as well. So fitness and dance is part of it. It's a smaller part of it. I grew up as a dancer. So I danced from the time I was about 11 years old. We were dancing six to seven times a week. So I wanted to integrate that into the studio too. So we have about two dance classes, adult dance classes um, a month. But yeah, I would say yoga is my number one. Um, reading is my number two. I love to hike. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it kind of makes it a little nice when your business is literally one of your hobbies, right? It kind of makes your work feel like it's a little less, you know, a little less work. I know, and I never get asked that. So now I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, my hobby is my work. My work is my hobby. Yeah, yeah. Th- there, there's nothing that makes you kind of seem more, you know, dull or boring than if you someone asks what your hobbies are and you're like, oh, I like love Netflix. Yeah, exactly. And I do love Netflix, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah sweat, <laughs> Sweatpants are my favorite type yeah. of pants. So um, so let's just get right into it there. Like uh, Movi Yoga, you know, what is the inspiration behind the name? Movi. How did that come about? So Movi is short for movimiento, which means movement in Spanish. So my first yoga teacher training was in Mexico on the beach. I lived there for a month. I lived in a tent. It was like 60 seconds from the beach. We could hear the waves when we woke up. So that experience, um, you know, it really changed everything about my relation to movement as a whole because growing up dancing was basically the polar opposite of yoga. Dance is all about do it. It doesn't matter how it feels. It just has to look good. If you're in pain, figure it out, push past it. Yoga was the opposite. And when I went to this training in Mexico, it just changed everything and not just the movement aspect, but my mental aspects of, you know, everything. So when I got home, I, my life completely changed. I moved out of a house I was living in for like five years within two weeks, I think after getting home. Um, and then my yoga career just kind of took off. I started teaching full-time progressively at a studio in the, in the city, which is an incredible studio. Um, yeah, so that's where the name comes from. And I really wanted to tie that experience into whatever it was that was going to be created through Movi. So that's really cool that you didn't kind of just do the, 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 the basic, you know, type of training where you actually went to Mexico, you actually kind of lived the experience. So you were able to bring back such a unique perspective on it. Were there a ton of people that were attending the, the event? Um, like the training? Yeah. Yeah, it was. So I think at the end of it, there was about 52 people in total. So there was 52 tents. Like it was, it's a little tiny city almost. And I remember arriving there, like it was about an hour and a half from Cabo and we just drove up. There was no signs. And I was like, this is it. Like I'm in the middle of Mexico. No one knows where I am. Like it was, it was so crazy. And it was, yeah, it was, there was probably about 20 some people in my group. And then 
20 some people arrived later to do a shorter kind of version of the training so at the end there was 52 people yeah it was a community it was crazy yeah that's really cool do you keep in touch with any of them still yeah i do actually there's a couple of girls um in vancouver that i keep in touch with um there was a girl in new jersey um one of them was from i think it was denmark i can't remember specifically but yeah there's uh and then there actually happened to be uh, a girl from Bathurst, New Brunswick, who was there. So we traveled the whole way and we kind of saw each other along the way traveling to Mexico. And then when we arrived, we kind of hooked up and just asked each other, like, you know, are you going to this training? You're carrying a yoga mat. So it was kind of crazy because she was from Bathurst. So for sure, out of anybody, I've stayed more in touch with her. But yeah, it's um, it just feels like you could talk to any of them and no time has passed. It was a really, really in-depth experience. Yeah, yeah it, it's pretty cool when you get so many people together who have similar interests and similar values. You're able to kind of share a similar experience with them. And obviously, you know, you're, you're able to keep in touch with them. And I mean, if they have the same values as you, then yeah. they're obviously people that you're going to relate to and, and want to connect with. So, Oh, that, yeah, for sure. That is really, really cool. So getting into, you know, how you started Movi, you know, what you, you came back from it. Did you immediately go, OK, I'm going to start my own practice now? Oh my gosh. So when I got back, I started slow. Like I had been already teaching movement for so long because I started by teaching dance when I was about 15 years old. So movement was always a part of my life. Teaching was always kind of something that I was drawn to because I was originally, after I got my BA at SMU, I was going to be a teacher, a school teacher. Um, that didn't work out for whatever reason, which I think is a very good thing. <laughs> um, but when I arrived home from Mexico, I guess things started, like the ball started rolling, but I, I kind of just dove really deep into kind of navigating away from the downtown scene of waitressing and bartending and starting to just be more committed to practicing and teaching yoga. And then starting Movi took like, I mean, I think it was two years that I worked on my business plan. I was shut down like at, at the very least three times for funding. Um, I started with not a cent to my name. I think I had a, I had a Honda Civic at that time and I bet you it was worth $500. Like it was zip tied <laughs> together in the front bumper. Like it was crazy. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely like a long time coming, but it was, um, it kind of took a lot of perseverance to keep going. Cause so many doors were shut in my face. I was like, this is never going to happen. Um, it wouldn't have happened without my boyfriend. Cause my boyfriend built the whole studio. So I mean, to, to construct something from nothing, in a commercial space is, you know, number one expensive. So without him, it wouldn't have been able to be possible. So he kind of contracted everything out. But when the ball did get rolling, I remember we sat down to to um, to sign the lease. I think it was November 14th or something. And I think it was 6 a.m. the next day, like we were on it. And the landlords were laughing, being like, there's no way you're going to open January 2nd. And we went on, like my spouse went on a vacation during that time and still opened. I think he worked 98 hours in the first week that they started construction. So yeah, once the ball got rolling, it was good, but it took a solid two years to get there. Well, I was going to ask how you were able to keep yourself so motivated throughout kind of all the, the trials and tribulations of, of trying to get everything started. But I guess the better question would be, how did your spouse stay so motivated working those hours? Oh my gosh, I don't know. And you know what, just thinking about it now, he actually owns his own business too. So a year and a half into Moby, he opened his own shop. He's a welder. So our life is like, I don't even know what the word is crazy, but there needs to be a new word structured chaos yeah. yeah structured chaos is great um I don't know how he stayed so motivated but he stays so motivated consistently like he I look to him for that work ethic he I think he's gotten that um true and true from his dad is what he says all the time so 
yeah, he actually left his job for two months, uh, didn't get paid and just created the studio. So I think watching him do that for me kept me kind of pushing, pushing, pushing. And then I think for the first six to 10 months, I blacked out when we opened. Like I was just like, go and don't stop. You kind of shut off after that. You're like, I need to just get through this week and then just get through this week. And then that, that week keeps going and going and going. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Like you, you hear a lot of, you know, startups or local organizations or local businesses, they kind of all have a similar story in the sense where it's, you know, I had an idea or I I really wanted to get this thing done or off the ground. And then a bunch of things got thrown into my face and I had to keep going and keep going. And then they, you know, a lot of times it's it's just a, a matter of, I'm not sure how it just sort of happened and they kept going. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from that is always, you know, you, you can't let failure keep kind of pushing you down. You have to kind of persevere and just keep going. And if you really, really want it, then it's something that you're going to have to work hard for. So, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. it's really cool that you were able to actually persevere through that. So uh, I think that's something so tough. Um, I was actually going to ask, too, like what was one of the biggest challenges for you starting up the business? But I think you kind of already said it, too, and just the the whole, you know, financial aspect of it, the, yeah. the building of the studio, you know, getting it in time for the lease. And I think all of that can be extremely challenging. Oh, yeah, just the finances was definitely the the biggest thing for us. And then at the same time, just like taking the plunge, like jumping. Like I remember when I was there to sign the lease and we have the best landlords, which is I think also unheard of in a commercial space. Like we have extremely awesome um, people kind of behind us. But I remember sitting down to sign the lease and looking behind me at Ty and he was like, sign the lease. Because we had been doing, we had been going over contracts for like a solid month and he was like, sign that lease now. Like we did not come here to, to walk away from it. So I think it was just like the biggest challenge was getting over the hump of the fear of just being like, if I don't do this, I remember saying to myself, if I don't do this, I'm going to look back in a year and be like, why didn't I do it? So I might as well just try. My parents were so supportive. They're like, you're so young. If something happens, you figure it out. We're going to be here for you, whatever. Um, so just getting over the fear and the finances was crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's it's honestly crazy to think of. You know, and when you look back, like from where Movi is now, and you know, just winning the Young Entrepreneur of the Year award, and just thinking like, what if I didn't sign that lease that day? Like, it, it's it's kind of crazy to think about. I think when I you know. take that step back. Um, all right, so you got Movi all started now. You guys are moved in. Uh, your your spouse there built a whole building to your aesthetic to aesthetic uh, pleasure. Um, how do you guys network? How do you get your name out there? How do you, you know, differentiate yourself from the sea of other yoga studios? Because it's such a popular thing within the last 10, 15 years. It, it's blown up. There's one on every corner. So how do you guys oh, yeah. separate yourselves? Um, I think right off the bat, I was so intrigued. And my my degree is not in business. My degree is in, like, I took a Bachelor of Arts. So I was going to be a teacher. I had, you know, I just did a concentration in religion. I'm not necessarily super religious at all, but I just was intrigued by it. Um, so I don't really have any business background other than that push and drive that I get from my parents, I think. Um, so, yeah, I think just using social media and just steering clear of, the traditional, I hate to even say this, but the traditional um, outlets that you use for marketing maybe 10, 15 years ago, I was really pushed in that direction. And I said, you know what, I can build this online presence and I can create a world online that 
people can already see what our space is going to be like before they even step foot in the door so that they feel comfortable when they arrive. So if you take a look at all of our social media, um, everything is in black and white. Everything is branded very particularly. And then you walk into the studio, everything is black and white. That's done for a purpose and a reason so that you feel comfortable when you arrive in the space. You felt like you're already a little bit more familiar with it. So social media was such a big thing for me, um, Facebook and Instagram specifically. Um, and then we kind of moved, you know, word of mouth is super powerful. We kind of moved from there to, um, I designed a full website. I don't even know how I did that because I'm really not tech savvy, but I designed an entire website and then we kind of started an email list too. So newsletters, um, but word of mouth is, is super powerful and we have something, we have something really different. You know, we are a yoga studio primarily, but we offer strength-based fitness, everything from our take on Pilates to kettlebell classes, um, so, you know, we really expanded our clientele and like who we could reach out to in that sense too. So, but yes, hands down social media. Yeah. And I find greater Moncton too, specifically has just such a blessing for local businesses. Like we love supporting each other. And yeah. I think it's one of the really, really cool thing. You've seen a, a wave of local businesses start kind of blossoming, blossoming around and uh, more and more starting to pop up, but it's really, really cool. So what's the story behind the black and the white? Is there something just like the simplicity, the minimalism simplicity, of it? Yeah, minimalism. Um, I've always, I mean, I feel like I'm never in color. Like I never dress in color. So I think it was just kind of something that I related to personally too. But just the aesthetically pleasing simplicity of it. So, you know, there's a couple pops of color in the studio, but everything is very clean, serene. You come in, you feel calm, white and black, no crazy colors going on. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It was just, it worked for us. And, uh, yeah, there was no real story behind it other than I wanted it to look crisp and clean and it, it worked out really well. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of nice cause you're, you're carving your niche and you're carving your aesthetic appeal to people out there. And, you know, just touching into how you said, you know, your social images are all black and white. And then when you go into the studio, it's all black and white. Like that element of transparency is something that's so important. And, you know, it, your, your customers and people who walk in and employees and anyone who knows you, they know what they're getting when they walk in. It's not like a surprise where all your posts are black and white and then you're walking into a an array of pinks and purples and greens exactly so So, and it all it all it it forms a relationship with the space before you even walked into it so it's it's worked out really well yeah i mean it's kind of like your theme it's like uh, we had um ken leblanc from property guys in the other day and he was saying you know our purple and green signs and our lollipop signs are kind of what separate us from the competition and like you said with your black and white your aesthetic appeal that's what separates you guys a little bit it it gives your vibe off um so that's really cool and just touching also on your traditional outlets versus you know the social media like i do, do you do any like google advertising or anything like that um we've done some facebook advertising we don't do much through google i mean you can search us and and we come up right away if you search yoga or or fitness um and then you can be linked to our website and call us directly but we usually stick to social media and it's worked i i think like also with social media it's word of mouth right did you see that on this story or somebody sharing something or tagging somebody um no but i think facebook ads played a big part too i did a, a kind of like a sit down conference with them a few years back when we first opened um, there was three businesses on the panel and we just discussed how we used Facebook to grow the business and how cheap it is to be able to use that and but like also how powerful of a tool it is to pay ten to twenty dollars to boost some posts that you want people to see and it works. Yeah. So. Yeah, especially if you're seeing results from it. Yeah. Um so I guess why has yoga blown up as much as it has? 
why is it so good? Like, why why are people, you know, going to it over weightlifting? I know um, one of my friends does acro yoga and he coaches that. And I know I've done a class and, you know, as opposed to traditional weightlifting, I was like, oh, okay, this won't be very difficult. But I've even just found like some of the basic exercises were so difficult. Yeah. They're so much harder than I thought. And you see it a lot now with uh, athletes are all taking yoga classes to, to get more limber. And like, you know, is there a secret to success on why yoga has blown up so quickly? I mean, it's such an old tradition. It's thousands of years old, right? So it's it's so simple, but it's so complex. You know, people often originally walk through the doors because, you know, they say, I, I need cross-training and I need to, to stretch. Or, you know, I went to the doctor and he says that I need to stretch. I have sciatic or whatever the problem is with hips or back or, or whatever our kind of Western world kind of creates problems for us sitting down all day. Um, I don't know why it's so popular. I think people are just wanting to take more care of themselves in a deeper way versus just going to the gym and lifting weights, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like I said, we have that strength-based fitness. Um, we have weight classes at the studio, but yoga is just something totally different. It's not – we always say it's not a workout. It's a work-in. Like you're, you're, you're dealing with – all of the stuff that you deal with mentally when you get on your mat. So you can't hide from anything. It's such a mental practice. But then at the same time, it's physical. So it's like it's it's nothing you've ever experienced before and it's so hard to explain. And that's why we always encourage people, you know, do our intro months so that you don't just do one class because you won't feel from one class what you need or what you should or might feel eventually from consistently practicing. So I think just people are just more interested in their health and not just in a – a straightforward way of, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to eat a chicken breast with rice every day. They want to know more about their mental health. They want to understand more about their mental health um, and understand how to how to navigate through issues and challenges. And that's what getting on your mat with yoga does. Yeah, I think you, you kind of said it perfectly right there where you said, you know, you're not just going to get out of one practice. You're not just going to be like, oh, I see it. It's like physiotherapy. Like you go to one session, you're not going to see the immediate difference. Or it's like brushing your teeth. Like you do it once. You're not going to notice anything, but it's the repetition. It's the continuous improvement of it. And then you start to see like a development of change over time. And so it's definitely something that you have to try out at least more than once. But yeah, it, it's gotten so popular so quickly. I remember when, you know, I was in school and uh, also went to St. Mary's in Halifax. And like, I remember there would be a yoga studio on every single street corner. But like, oh, at the end yeah. of like first year, you're like, okay, what is happening here? Like is yeah. obviously a movement. A so, movement. Yeah. Uh, so the name kind of ties in pretty well with that. Uh, so I just got from your website there that some of your values that you guys kind of specialize in over at Movie um, are inclusivity, compassion, and community. Why did you choose those three? What do they mean to you? Um, inclusivity is a huge one for us because I think so many people are so nervous and scared to walk into a yoga studio because they have this picture in their head of how they have to look, how they have to be, uh, what they have to have under their belt to be able to walk into a studio already and do a class. So the inclusivity thing was huge for me, and we actually talk about that almost every single team meeting that we have, uh, because anyone can do yoga. It doesn't like it doesn't matter. You could go in there exhausted and just lay on your mat that day and just try to breathe and be present, or you could come in and like tear it up and be doing something super challenging that day. But the inclusivity thing just shows people that you don't have to fit a cer certain cookie cutter image to walk into the space and feel comfortable. It's the most welcoming space ever. It's so insane to see the friendships that have blossomed out of just people meeting at the studio. Sometimes I'll say to people, I'll be like, 
did you guys hang out today? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, did you guys already know each other before you came here? No, no, no. We met here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's the point of the studio. Inclusivity so that people meet each other based on their values, like you said at the beginning, and and what they want to get out of life and how they want to grow and how they want to be and also how they want to surround themselves um, what type of people they want to surround themselves with. So the inclusivity thing was really big. Um, what are the other two that you, you mentioned? Compassion, I know is one yeah, of them. Yeah, compassion and community. Uh, compassion, you know, just being compassionate for people coming in. It's not just people coming in with physical injuries. There's people coming in that have dealt with trauma, um, people that are suffering through loss. Um, so just having compassion for every single person that comes in, you know, whether or not their attitude feels overwhelming that day to you as a teacher, you're holding space for them. So you let them do their thing in class and whatever they need that day, they truly know what they're going to need. So just being compassionate to everybody. And then the community thing, um, I think with just any movement based business, if you want to call it that, um, communities just everything like people come in there I don't know where you go 30 minutes early but people show up yesterday um one of my employees and my best friend Becky uh she said you know I got here at 10 to 4 she was teaching at 4 30 and there was already people there waiting at the door because they wanted to see her and they wanted to chat with her and hang out there's a couch out front we chill it's so much more than just walking into a space and moving like they, they knew she was teaching. They wanted to be there to like hang out, see what her week was like. Um, so the community thing has come to fruition pretty organically. But yeah, it's just, it's, that's what makes people want to come back. Yeah, it, it's kind of almost symbolic of when you went to the training out there in Mexico and how you, you know, you didn't know anybody there that you went with, but you ended up coming out of it with friends. Yeah. And like you said, if people are going to meet at your studio, they're kind of coming into it not knowing what to expect and they're coming out of it with a friend and a better fitness. So yeah. it, it is kind of like almost symbolic in a sense of that. But uh, so you mentioned your, your team meets. Um, how many of you are you guys that, that work over there? I think there is, I'm trying to count because we just... We just hired a couple new girls and we're in the process of hiring a couple new um, in the next few months because I am expecting. So I need to figure that out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think there's 15 in total with me. So I'm still teaching but not, you know, full time. I'm teaching about three to five a week. Um, But there's about 15 in total. Yeah. Is it difficult in the growing process of, you know, going from yourself and a small group of of people who are all other instructors to getting up to 15 now and you're kind of a little more hands off now that you're expecting? Like, what's that transition phase kind of like for you? Is it a little more difficult the more people you get on board? Oh, man. Transition is the word. Um, I'm still in it. Like, I'm deep in it right now. So it's still a transition. Um, I think it's just a learning curve for anybody that's managing people. I don't think you can ever explain to anybody how hard it is to manage people and do it the right way and the good way so that people enjoy where they work um, unless you've actually experienced it yourself. So we started with just me for the first six months. I think I was the only teacher I met if I had one other one. So I was teaching about 30 classes a week when we opened, uh, which was a bad idea, but I did it and I had to, to have it come where it is now. So now jumping for 15 people, um, probably in the last 10 months, I just created policies, rules, um, kind of you you get to work and you have to 
do specific duties. They have to be signed off. So I've really kind of dove into the human resources aspect of it because I had to. That actually came from um, John Gonzalez, his wife, Nicole Gonzalez. She's a good friend of mine. She's dealt with human resources. So I sat down with her at Rehab One and uh, we chatted about it a little bit and she gave me a lot of good advice. And in the last seven months, I've seen such a change. So it's easier now to manage. I have... I have a really good team. Like I can't say enough. They they all care. There's not one person there that doesn't care. And I make it pretty clear when you apply or when we have you start, you know, if there's any kind of dramatics, there's no warning. It's just like you're you're going to leave if that's what it is because it's so tight-knit. Um, so I am lucky in that sense. But managing it, you know, it got kind of crazy over the last almost four years. So really sticking – to my guns and saying, you know, okay, I got to grow managerial wise and I got to understand human resources. It's helped. Yeah. John Gonzalez, actually, we had him in for a podcast earlier this week and he really kind of uh, mentioned something that was really, really cool. And he said that he got advice um, from a Natalie Davidson, uh, the Merrill marketing team. Uh, and it was find out what your values are and hold on to them so tight. He's like, never negotiate from them and never dive off of them. And I think you just kind of spoke to it a little bit as well, where you're like, no warning. Like if you're not, you know, conducive to the team and you're not fitting in with our culture, then it's like you have to go because you're you're going to make things a little bit worse, right? Yeah. It, it can be a difficult thing, but I think it's something that when you've established a specific kind of culture and a, and a vibe that you're kind of going with, which you clearly have, that you try and protect it at all costs. Yeah, and it's meant to, I mean, it's designed to be a, you know, quote unquote, we hear this all the time now, but safe space. So if somebody's in there and there's one person throwing off that safety net of community and compassion and inclusivity, uh, it it's a domino effect. So I, you know, when we first opened, it was pretty hard to lay down the law or have any law or any rule in general because I was not used to being the boss. Um, but that's gotten a lot easier with time because now it's just that. What, what Natalie said, like I, I've stuck to my guns and I've said, this is what we care about. And if you exemplify that you do not care about that, you can't be here. And yeah, like I said, the team that we have right now, it's, it's like above and beyond. Yeah, I couldn't ask for any better. I, I try to, one of the girls just told me she might be moving and I was like devastated this morning. And she's like, don't be mad at me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not mad. I just, I'm you disappointed. Know, yeah, I just love you and I would keep you here forever if I could. She's really, really young. So she's kind of exploring what she's going to do. But yeah, we have such a close knit team. And I think what Natalie said is just key. You have to stick to what you believe in. And if you don't, it shows. Yeah, so the, the, the culture that you've established there, is that something that you kind of worked hard to 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 make a parent in the workplace there? Or is it something that kind of happens through when you're hiring new employees, you're, you're kind of looking for a mold or a template of somebody that you're, you're trying to get on board with? Um, we've gone through, you know, we definitely have had people come in that I've had to let go or have left because they don't see eye to eye with the way that things run. Because, you know, very often business and yoga are at opposite ends of the spectrum. So it's a little bit difficult, especially with us, because we have a different system where we have structure, we have rules. Um, not that it's right or wrong, but that's just how we do it at Movi. So it can be a little hard, especially if somebody works somewhere else where there are no rules. So we have had people come and go. Um, it's not necessarily that I look for a certain type of person, but I can usually tell I the interview always starts with a conversation where I just have coffee with somebody I kind of feel out their vibe and I can usually tell right away if they're going to fit in. The biggest thing for me is that people are practicing at the studio and then they want to teach there. So it comes to fruition pretty smoothly without any bumps. Um, 
Holly Vaders, for example, a good friend of mine, she now works for me. She took my yoga teacher training. We just finished it. It was 200 hours. And she had been practicing there since we opened the doors. So the students see that. It it comes – it kind of flows naturally into that. Um, but in terms of looking for a specific person, no. Um, but usually when somebody starts to talk to you about their life and you have coffee with them for a good hour or two – you can start to see where their values lie a little bit at least. So that kind of tips me off whether or not the interview is going to continue. Yeah, I always find that that's kind of the the new style of when you're going through the hiring practices. I mean, everybody nowadays has a degree or if you're seeking a certain job, like everybody has the prerequisite like requirements for, yeah. for meeting that. So then it just comes down to like, can you fit? Like, can we hang out? Like I know in, for example, our workplace, like we're a team of five. So you have to be able to like, sit down and have lunch and be able to communicate with one another it's like i know you can do the skills everyone else there's a hundred people who can do the skills that you can do so it's how do you fit into our culture how do you fit into our team and like can we just hang out and vibe because i think that's really important to a, a creative mindset in order to be like you said like kind of like a free spirit um you, you you have to you know be able to fit in with one another you have to be able to hang out and just kind of be able to chat so yeah, and when the girls are all, like, by chance at the studio together, like, I think the other night there was, like, six of us there because some people were taking class, someone was teaching. I was there just kind of cleaning up and manning everything, and we were just, like, jumping up and down because there was, like, five or six of us there, and it was, like, a hangout session at the same time. So it's, yeah, it it's really important that you're able to to just be with the people that you work with and enjoy it. Yeah, it's a little bit about like just trying to make work suck a little less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a- and our generation is like our generation is down for that. So yeah, it's, it's, I, I yeah. think so too. So that's pretty cool. So with so many of you guys working there now, and I mean, you guys are doing crazy hours, so many classes a week. Like you said, you were doing 30 classes a week there. Like how do you keep people happy? How do you keep them motivated to want to like continue to go? Because they're like, I'm sure you guys are sweating and working insanely difficult. Like you must be yeah. exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah, I think those first six months that we opened, I don't even know – how I had I I don't know how I got any inspiration I think it was just coffee (laughs) caffeine Uh, yeah caffeine but um I think we inspire each other like we have so many different outlets where we communicate so we have an app that we communicate through which is just business stuff um you know if somebody has a question about the online system or how to sign somebody in or how to ring something through we have a specific app for that then we have an instagram page that's completely private to our teachers where we just share inspiration we talk about feedback that we've received from students uh feedback that we've received from other teachers that have come in um anonymous feedback and then you know also going to each other's classes that's a huge thing that we that i try to encourage and we all kind of try to encourage each other to do is just be in class like live the practice that you're telling other people to kind of amp up. So um, I kind of veered off there, but the the question was like, how do we keep inspired kind of? Yeah, like how do you keep them motivated or even just happy after a long, rough week of, of you know, classes after classes? Like how do you keep them motivated to keep coming back every week and giving their best performance? I think just coming back to that like community and compassion and reminding them that it's like, it's so much bigger than a job. The stuff that they've done that week you know, somebody could have came in dealing, a lot of people come in with dealing with really difficult stuff and they'll write to me being like, you know, you have no idea what that class just did for me. And we really don't until somebody says it. So I think, I I don't, I can't take credit for keeping them on track because they do it themselves. They show me how I can stay on track and I show them how to stay on track. Those team meetings are everything because we're 
very rarely together. Like there's so many of us now that it's kind of hard. Um, so actually in September we planned our Christmas party because I was like, we are having a Christmas party. Everyone has to be there because it's going to like, it's going to be great, but we need to plan it four months in advance. So I think just having those team meetings and having all those outlets where we can connect online, which is so convenient because we don't necessarily see each other all the time. Um, and then changing things constantly. We have teacher challenges where we just kind of, you know, come up, I, I come up with a new challenge, um, you know, either weekly or monthly where we'll have to do certain things in class or we'll have to share certain things on our Instagram, our private Instagram to kind of encourage each other um, just to get more creative. So we're just always working. Like we're always like creating, I feel like. So that's where it comes from. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it also kind of goes into your hiring practices where you're you're hiring the right people. You're you're getting the right people for your team. And then it's something like your your culture and the motivation kind of just figures itself out, right? Because when you have the right people on the job and you guys are all getting along and you have similar values and similar skill sets, then it's just going to kind of naturally take place. And it's just something that's going to develop over time. I think it's really, really cool that you said about your separate communication channels, about how you have like a work dedicated speak and then you also have like a new channel for where you post like motivational stuff like yeah. that like i think that is really really important because then sometimes you you know if you're having a bad or an off day and you you get a, a text from you or you know so, somebody gets a text from you and they're like oh god i'm not ready to read whatever this is or you had a bad class but you know that if it's in a specific channel you're like okay she's just trying to motivate me here or she's yeah. just trying to give me some some lessons uh, on how i can improve my practice or my class yeah uh, so i think that that is really really cool you guys have those channels yeah, it's worked out very well because we are are very close too. So it kind of meshed together where we were texting about work, but we were also texting memes and like texting yeah. about whatever it was. So I said, you know, if it's work related, it has to go through Slack, which is the app that we use. And then, you know, that way we can keep our relationship that is super special and actually creates a lot of inspiration just regular you know what I mean like texting and, and keeping in touch and seeing what people are, are doing that week or what they're going through or if everything's going good for them um and having that separate channel just kind of it's exactly I feel like everybody has anxiety now so you see a message and you know if it's on slack and you need to wait a few hours because you you know it's work related you can do it yeah yeah I feel the same way when anytime anybody tries to call me, I'm just like, leave a voicemail. And I it's know. not important. If you're not on my phone, I'm not answering it. So sorry about that. Uh, so what else do you guys do for fun as a team? Um, you got the Christmas party coming up. Do you do like a summer party? Do you guys like get together on weekends? Do you, do you treat them to a drink or two after a rough day? Or um, I think we did like a Christmas party. We had a, oh, what is it called? Piato. We did that. Um, oh, man, we that's the biggest thing that we've been talking about at the last two meetings that we have is just like being able to get together as a group because there's so many of us and so many of them have full-time jobs you know they're committed to other stuff on the side whether it's teaching at you know lululemon or um so i think it's just we mostly hang out at the studio because most of the times the girls want to come to class um i'm just thinking of nat right away because she's always in class so she's always in the 4 30 class and uh just being able to like chill and hang out during those times that's a big thing that we're working on right now is being able to kind of have organized stuff to do together as a group so that's why we had to plan four months in advance so the yeah, christmas party is like long overdue we're very excited yeah the christmas party is always fun to just kind of like let loose a little bit and just sort of like be yourself because i mean everyone has like their work self even as close you are but it's kind of yes. nice to just let loose a little bit um so do you guys like uh, partner or work with any organizations or companies to do like in-house yoga sessions or anything like that or uh, we do work with Rehab One in Riverview. So we do um, every Wednesday night from 6.30 till 7.30, we do yoga over there. So we send a teacher there every week. 
uh, that's worked out awesome because I just love everything that John Gonzalez has created. I have, you know, an odd obsession with him. He knows that. So I just, I just love everything that they do over there. They have very key values that line up with our values. So it worked out really well. And I mean, they're a physiotherapy clinic, so it's just... You know. Yeah, it's something that aligns so like perfectly together, right? Yeah, it's like we do yoga sessions here usually about once or twice a week at least, and then uh, every now and again, if, if Eve is feeling very generous, he'll provide us with some masseuses, okay, uh, to give us some massages after we've had like a release or a long uh, a long month or two. Yeah, uh, but it's really really nice because it, it's a way to give recognition to your employees, right? Because you, you're you're treating not only you know. It's not necessarily like giving somebody a gift card to like Bed Bath and Beyond or like exactly. Tim Hortons or something like that. It's actually giving them something that they can use and something that they can, you know, better their lifestyles out. Yeah, a lot of the girls are involved with Lululemon too, which they have like just this unbelievable workspace culture as well, um which is like unheard of for a big retail company. It's it's really incredible to see how involved they are with the community. So, a lot of the girls will go there Sundays, they'll offer a community class. Um we have karma classes on Friday night that are $5, so you just drop in, you don't need to be a member. The girls are all involved in that so they'll all teach those um we also do Moncton Magic so we work with the guys when they come for um their season you know they're professional basketball players super tall have a bunch of issues with their body so we have a bunch of volunteers that will do that as well um I know Becky um and uh, Madison, who works for Lululemon right now, she'll be they'll be teaching. And I uh, I did a bunch of volunteer work with them, too, to teach them throughout their season. So it's just really great to be involved with the, the community in that sense. And, yeah, just kind of outreaching and showing people what yoga is about, not yeah. just at the studio. Yeah, just giving a sense of giving back a little bit, too, yeah. right? So yeah. Exposing people to something that they might not necessarily have thought of themselves. Yeah. Um, so do you, would you have any advice there for any like companies that are kind of up and coming or struggling to maintain like a positive work culture, something that they're trying to establish, uh, you know, kind of how you did it yourself? I think just stepping back and, and looking at who, like it's, it's always comes back to that saying of like, you are the five people that you surround yourself with. It's not just that way in everyday life, like with your friends, it's, you spend 80% of the time at work if that's your full-time job. So it's important that the people that you're surrounding yourself with, especially if you're in the position to hire them, are like lining up with what you need. So, you know, it can be the hardest, like it's so hard to let people go. I think I've had like full-on anxiety attack meltdowns letting people go because you really like them, but they're just not lining up with what you need. Um, but just sticking to that and, and stepping away from anything that's not lining up with what your, your core vision was in the beginning. Cause as soon as one person strays from that, you no longer have that it doesn't exist anymore. Right. So yeah, just really sticking to your guns. I, I love, I love Natalie Davidson too. She's so cool. Um, she probably doesn't know how cool I think she is. She's so cool. So well, she, she, well, she knows now. She knows now, exactly. Um, she's just, yeah, she's just like a ray of sunshine. And I feel like she really delivers when they talk about marketing because it's such a different way that they approach marketing. So, yeah, just sticking to your guns, knowing what your values are and, and being willing to to like lay the iron fist if you have to. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be one of the hardest things to do, but it's something that you have to. You've got to protect your values and you got to protect your workplace because if it's something that you built from the ground up, like you, you can't let one person try and take that down and you can't let something something uh, so simple and so, uh, so minute uh, try and take over. Um, so where can people find you guys on social? Uh, we're movie.movement on Instagram. That's where we're most, uh, we have most presence, I would say. Um, we post all our classes there. We post what's going on in the studio. 
Um, any events that we have going on, we're on Facebook at Movi Yoga Dance and Fitness. Um, you can find our website, movimovement.com. And um, I also wanted to mention we actually have a, a campaign going on right now. It starts today. It's called Warm for Winter. So any lightly used um, – it doesn't really have anything to do with the social media outlets, but um, any lightly used uh, mittens, hats, scarves, uh, coats were – collecting throughout we're probably going to go longer than november but we're collecting we're donating to a different um charity or space uh throughout the month of november every week so we start that today that's really really cool yeah. you guys are kind of getting yourselves out there in the in the local businesses and, and just yeah. in our local community right yeah yeah it's a great way to give back so yeah uh perfect well i just want to thank everyone for listening to our local leader series and if you'd like to be on an upcoming podcast to promote your business culture you can simply drop me an email at cody at tuba.co i'd love to hear from you you can be sure to give us a follow on facebook twitter and instagram at tuba teams for more content and for more podcasts be sure to check out our website tuba.co uh, again it was an absolute pleasure and honor getting to speak with you, Candice. Uh, I'd love knowing a little bit more about what Moby's all about. And thanks for coming in and sharing a little bit about what makes your culture there so special. Thank you so much. Awesome. And we'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.